So what is it like being a Christian journalist in a sea of leftist reporters at a White House led by aspiring tyrants? Today, we'll be discussing that with a White House correspondent. I'm Paul Dragu, and this is Freedom is the Cure. So Dr. Anthony Harper is a White House correspondent who works for the Intermountain Christian Newspaper and the Israel News Service, Newsrail. Dr. Harper, thank you so much for, for joining me on Freedom is the Cure. It's great to join you, Paul, live from the White House, a very exciting moment, a very challenging time that we're in. I see that. We got the White House in the background. Uh, you just uh, recently got out of a, a press briefing, is that correct? That is correct. And that press briefing is with uh, Deputy Press Secretary Karine uh, Jean-Pierre and the Transportation Secretary Pete uh, Buttigieg. Was there any talk of the the supply chain crisis? Uh, uh, Somewhat, but my my main concern is that a lot of this infrastructure bill will not actually get to transportation, that maybe only 15% or more. I was prepared to ask a question, though. What percentage that was is actually going to go towards the transportation issues, but uh, this administration refuses to call upon me, too probably afraid of my human rights questions that I might ask. Well, I was going to ask you, how long have you been a correspondent at the White House? I've been here for 10 years. The Obama administration, first trip overseas regarding Israel. I was a member of the White House press corps to uh, Israel at the time of Passover. Very... uh, troubling time regarding Israel, and I think there's a real crisis at the White White House here on several fronts, Uh, that being Israel issues a matter of uh, anti-Semitism that's on the rise in America, and the policies of this administration, of the Biden administration, showing uh, forms of anti-Semitism when their conversations with Iran, and not speaking up and condemning the desecration of Jewish cemeteries. Uh, as, as well as the funding of the U.N. agency UNRWA, which is fighting kids of violence against the Jews. That's uh, very troubling overall. In, in most recent context, uh, of course, Paul, is with President Biden's obsession with developing a Palestinian consulate in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is a way to divide Israel. And other journalists here don't get into the issue about why is this such a serious issue dividing Israel. And mainly it's because God is angry at those people that divide Israel, and that's found in the prophet Joel, chapter 3, verse 2, that says God enters into judgment in the valley of Jehoshaphat, the nations that divide up his land. Well, Paul, there's, there's, um, there's several other crisis issues I want to talk with you about as well. Have things changed dramatically with, uh, since uh, the Biden administration moved into the White House? Oh, a tremendous as far as uh, the access for the press. Now, the, a big crisis for me is the way that I'm being treated as one that is not vaccinated and forcing me to pay for COVID virus testing. But the vaccinated people don't have to be tested. They don't have to pay. A real disparity, a real issue of discrimination here. And it actually creates a crisis because I can't afford it. And several other journalists can't afford these COVID virus testing fees, I'm expected to have 
a bill around $10,000 currently, which I can't afford to pay and I should not have to pay. And they may actually give me an ultimatum or ban me from the White House if I refuse to pay that. Have they said that, that if you don't pay that, you won't be able to be part of the White House uh, press corps? Yes, what they have said is that if you refuse to be, if you don't, if you're not tested, you can't enter the White House. So my refusing and not uh, no ability to pay that keeps me from getting into the White House. So the ultimatum could come here soon. Uh, hopefully you're not because it's so important to have a voice of truth here. Now, you have mentioned that the vaccinated do not have to pay that fee or even be tested. Is that correct? Yes, except for the ex- exclusive situation where there's a member of the press pool that is in the Oval Office and everyone has to be tested to go into that. But that is a, a, a small minority mm-hmm. of people. And that is all covered by the White House. Up until the end of March, up until the end of March, all journalists entering the White House, virus testing was paid by the White House. But they complained to the White House Correspondents Association saying they can't afford to keep this going. Now, how, I guess, they ha- do you have a vax card? That's how they would know, right? Is that? You have to show your proof of testing in this case. So uh, they put a, uh, you have a, a wristband that proves you've been tested. And the only way you can get one is if you're negative for the mm. COVID virus testing. And, and by the way, I did get the COVID virus, probably here from a vaccinated journalist, but I got very sick and almost died. But I have the natural antibodies to this situation. So it's, it's, a, it's the way that I'm being treated, Paul, here uh, regarding uh, not being vaccinated. And that they treat me like a leper. And actually, one person from ABC News came up to me about a week and a half ago, and he said, you're not vaccinated, and you claim to be a man of God, and you put all of our health at risk here by not being vaccinated. So mocking my faith, and that's, a, that's uh, happening uh, on a regular basis, sad to say. Are you the only unvaccinated reporter in that uh, sea of uh, reporters there? I think there's probably a, a small, just a, less than a handful of reporters that are not vaccinated. It's a very troubling issue about, this is an example of what's happening around the nation. Uh, when I was in a press conference today, the deputy press secretary uh, was referring to uh, 80% of US uh, Amer- Americans are vaccinated. I really doubt that 80% of Americans are vaccinated. They want to believe us, uh, get us to believe that so many people are cooperating, a majority, but and it's also disturbing, Paul, is when uh, this administration says that it's a patriotic thing to do to take the vaccine. So I'm a veteran, uh, Air Force veteran, and me and other veterans feel as an insult to say us as veterans are not patriotic for not cooperating with the vaccine. Is there animosity from, and I think you kind of touched on that, but there is anima- animosity toward unvaccinated reporters by the vaccinated. Right. Tremendous, tremendous animosity. And then I get uh, people yelling out sometimes, get vaccinated. Often people yelling and and really putting me down and kind of basically uh, referring to me as stupid. I think I think President Biden and others clearly by their behavior are really demonizing people that don't cooperate that and they're not that smart. I kind of this goes along with the recent comment 
because of the, Vir- the Virginia election here, and uh, President Biden talked about the voters were just confused. That's why the, these, uh, there was a switch to a Republican governor in Virginia and really was a put down on Biden's part to say that these voters are not educated, they're stupid. That's a good point. What was the atmosphere like after those elections on, on I believe it was last Tuesday, right? It was on Tuesday. What was the, what was the atmosphere like there, especially among the reporter, uh, among all the reporters? Well, they were really echoing President Biden's belief that the voters were just confused. They didn't understand the issue or, or something else. But it, it is a very troubling thing. And I actually was at the election uh, uh, before the election uh, with a speaking event with the governor-elect, uh, Glenn Youngkin. Mm-hmm. I was there to listen to him speak and the Republican lieutenant governor that was there to speak. And by the way, I do have a picture. I met with the lieutenant governor, uh, Winston Sears. He's a, a Republican person mm-hmm. and very, very outspoken and actually a Marine as well. Very outspoken about the rights of parents in the education of their children. A real, a real kind of a political suicide uh, step for the a Democrat candidate running for governor in, in Virginia to say that parents don't really have much of a right in their education of the children. Now, the average person, you know, especially in more conservative, like uh, right-leaning circles, would think that the whole, that all, all the reporters, especially most of them at, at the White House, are just raging leftists who are, who are basically crusaders. Is that a fair assessment, or would you say there's more balance than, say, the average person would believe? Oh, in, in general, I, I would say that there, there's a lot of propaganda. I feel like I'm in a propaganda camp here, uh, very uh, isolated in this issue because I'm reporting on human rights violations a lot. makes a lot of people nervous. It makes the press secretary and the other people here nervous, and that's why I believe that they won't call upon me in a press meeting because it might bring too much embarrassment for them. Uh, I've heard quite often from the National Security Advisor when I got called upon it that that President Biden is very supportive of human rights, but I and many evangelical Christian people do not believe this administration in any way really supports human rights, specifically the example of children killed in abortion. And what other, uh, you had mentioned uh, Christianity. What what are your thoughts as far as this White House administration's views toward Christianity? I would say there's a uh, they have a they have a, a hate, uh, hatred maybe for uh, God's law. I mean, the God of Israel is very clear that there has to be repentance. This is not a very popular message, and I think in light of what President Lincoln had to say in the middle of the Civil War. You can read that at the top of our news website, imcnews.org, by the way. It's very important to, to know what President Lincoln had to say about honoring God. And he called for a time of repentance of our many national sins. And what I really like, Paul, what President Lincoln had to say, and I haven't heard any president say anything convicting like this, that when he said, America is a nation that has forgotten God, we have become too proud and arrogant and too self-reliant, too proud to pray to the one that created us, I'm taking these highlights, and then he goes into talking about and, and, and calling for a time of national repentance of our 
many national sins. And it was a very convicting uh, series of, of statements that I, I wish that a lot of our politicians had enough courage to address like President Lincoln did. I, I suppose there's nothing remotely close to anything, that sort of attitude in this White House, huh? The, not, not at all. Uh, so insensitive back to the, the issue of how they, they treat Christians. Uh, just by their behavior, we can show they have disregard for human life with killing children and abortion, but they don't, really don't care about our Christian values uh, here in America or, or the rights of Jews as well. Uh, the anti-Semitism, the anti-Christianism that is in this administration is very alarming, and I'm wondering if America is going to recover. Wow. Some pretty serious stuff. Now, you keep mentioning anti-Semitism. Can, do you have any more concrete examples of what do you think makes this administration anti-Semitic? Well, the number, the one, number one issue that really is a, a foundation to anti-Semitism is uh, the, the, the belief about uh, what people think about uh, God's covenant with Israel. In that, uh, this, this whole issue of President Biden's obsession with dividing Israel is, is such a big issue to God uh, specifically. So that is a foundational issue for grounds of anti-Semitism. So when I, when I know where people are coming from on their view about Israel and the Palestinian state, that helps me understand where, where uh, their views on uh, Israel. And very, to me, is very clear a sign of that anti-Semitism in that uh, you know, for, regarding the Palestinian issue, though, I have to say that a lot of reporters here are ignorant about the reality of the whole issue of Palestine. And this is the Palestine was actually uh, was it was called Palestine by a Roman emperor, Hadrian. He, uh, Roman emperor Hadrian called this area Palestine to insult the Jews. So this is a backdrop. This lie has stuck all the way back to this Roman emperor time. People are believing that there's a Palestinian race of people, and there are not a Palestinian race of people. These are Jordanians or, or Arabs, but definitely not a Palestinian race of people. So thus, there's, no, uh, there's really no justification for establishing a Palestinian state. In, in addition, and most importantly, is that it angers God when people divide Israel. So I would say, you know, Paul, along with, with that issue, anti-Semitism, it's the, you know, BDS, the boycott, divestment, and sanctions of Israeli products. Mm -hmm. it, it's the obvious defacing uh, and, uh, and killing people in synagogues. We've had that happen in the last couple of years. People right. going into synagogues and shooting people and uh, defacing the Anne Frank Memorial in Boise, Idaho, is where I'm from. That happened there. Uh, the desecration of the Jewish cemetery can be uh, more can be learned about that by checking out the website of savevilna.org, and this is happening in Vilnius, Lithuania. Now, can you compare this? You know, when it comes to anti-Semitism and anti-Christian uh, views or values, how does this compare to the previous administration, the Trump administration? I I would think that was a hard administration to gauge, in in a way. Can Can you tell us? Obviously, having been there during that time as well. Well, stark contrast uh, for me, Paul. I was actually here the last day of a President Trump administration in the press office uh, saying goodbye to his press team. Very upsetting because I knew uh, that the changes were going to be happening 
and the assault on our Judeo-Christian values here in America, the assault on human rights issues. But it was so much more open, Paul, for me with the press, the secretaries here. I got private interviews with Sarah Sanders, with Hogan Gidley. He was his principal deputy press secretary and met with Kaylee McEnany uh, about our Christian concerns here, as well as Jewish concerns. So they were, they were so much more uh, appreciative and more open, but the press secretary refuses to have a picture with me or anything on video or on record with me. It's still related to the fear uh, of being with me, although I can be thankful that she will meet with me in her office privately so that I can bring up my, uh, you know, our Christian concerns on uh, human rights violations. But she never answers the questions, really. It's more of to try to please me or give me an uh, opportunity to, to voice these, these questions, but no response. And, of course, her refusing to call upon me is a big deal. You know, that's another contrast. The Trump administration press secretaries did call upon me in press meetings several times. Uh, regarding Israel-U.S. relations on anti-Semitism, uh, religious freedom. Uh, even I got to ask um, a question. I got called on during uh, President Obama's time by his press secretary twice. So there is a significant contrast between, uh, I would say, more so between the Trump administration and this current one. Let me ask you, uh, Dr. Harper. Now, is there any sense that what this administration doing is more authoritarian than any other administration has been. Is there any talk of that? How detached or are they not as detached as perhaps we think among this administration? Does that make sense? Are they aware that there are millions and millions and millions of people who believe this is the most authoritarian administration that has ever you know, been in charge in the United States? Well, I can see that, you know, spanning 10 years, the Obama administration. I see that it's much worse now as far as that authoritarian issue about the control. Now, we've had the COVID virus. We know that came from communist China. You know, President Trump referred to it as the China virus. But it's very alarming to see a growing acceptance to socialism and even communism. And President Trump said this will never be a, a socialist a, a, a nation communi- communist nation or socialist nation yeah, yeah. and we see this really kind of developing very quickly and i i'm i'm really uh, uh, upset uh, and really concerned about the disregard for uh human life and, and our values about human rights right there's so much there's so much hypocrisy going on here well there's so much coercion you know um i spent years as a reporter and so you're a reporter and you're among many reporters is, I mean, what is it like for most of those reporters? Do they not notice that this is, there's so much coercion, constant coercion? I mean, it looks like this administration went every which way to try to figure a way to, to force people to be uh, uh, vaccinated. And, and I guess they're trying to, they're hoping this OSHA deal is a loophole. I, I mean, what, what are those reporters thinking uh, all these years, they were talking about, you know, fascist uh, Hitler, Trump and whatnot. Is, where's that attitude now? Is, is there any integrity or, or is it OK now that there's a Democrat uh, in, in, in the Oval Office? OK, I guess they're, they're OK with uh, having a Democrat in the office. A matter about this uh, hostility that I observed uh, towards President Trump when he was here 
the press had a lot of hostility, but uh, I don't see much hostility against uh, President Biden in this in this matter. Mm. Um, very serious concerns about uh, what, what's at risk for America. You know, the, the issue also is election integrity. Right. If uh, I see clearly, if there is no election integrity, if we have a lot of illegal voting happening, uh, we're not going to have. Uh, we're never going to have a Republican president again or a Republican-controlled uh, uh, House of Representatives or Senate. So I'm, I'm curious about what is going to be happening regarding that voter integrity uh, leading up to the 2022 uh, vote next year. But, you know, with this uh, recent change in Virginia and many other places across the nation, hopefully that's a good sign of a lot more to come. You know, earlier you had mentioned uh, propaganda, and I think a lot of Americans, they look at the, the legacy media, and it, we, they ascertain that it, it is a propaganda. Uh, it's a propaganda network. Now, I, that's another question I have for you is like, I have never seen in legacy media any, any coverage of the, the vaccine that is anything less than stellar. Um, have any reporters, have you ever heard of any of the reporters in, uh, in, over there mention at least behind the scenes that, hey, there, you know, this thing maybe is not that great. You know, we have an unprecedented number of injuries and deaths that was reported in VAERS. How do they, how do they uh, treat and discuss that aspect of the vaccine? Or, or does that not exist to them? Is, is that to them propaganda from the right? Okay, that's something that I've addressed in the press room with other news reporters. I've been wanting to ask the question uh, in press meetings, of course, the press secretaries refuse to call upon me, but I have been bringing that issue up. And when I do to question the, the scientific uh, value of this, uh, they shoot me down as not being scientific and, and uh, treat me as, uh, as if I'm stupid or whatever. But uh, I believe I have a ver uh, more understanding scientifically of this issue than they do. And I have what you said brought this issue up, Paul, about the issue about if, if it's so safe, if, uh, if people take the vaccine are, are not going to be uh, having a problem, then why does the press secretary get sick? And why does she get the virus? You know, very clearly we have evidence that people that have been vaccinated carry the virus, get sick, and some even die. So right. it's like, what's the big deal here? I mean, why are people acting so paranoid uh, about all this issue? And actually, they step back from me about four or five feet when they hear that I'm not vaccinated. Do, do they actually think that you can't have a, a, a breakthrough infection if you're vaccinated? Do they really believe that or do they just ignore that? I can't imagine they really believe that. For instance, Colin Powell, he died. He was he was he was fully vaccinated. And like you said, yes, Jen, yeah, Jen Psaki, she got it. She got COVID, right? I, I I imagine she was vaccinated. Is do they really walk around act, like you said? They act, treat you like a leper. Uh, it sounds like they actually believe that that you you can't you know if you're vaccinated you can't get infected. This is crazy. This this sounds like you're kind of in a nut house over there. <laughs> well, that's a good way of saying a, a nut house. It very is crazy. Uh, it's a lot of illogical behavior happening here re regarding this and. Natural immunity is logically, to me, a lot better than the other. And there's the concerns about the vaccine, too, that, that I can bring up here, and that is uh, the, the safety related to the programming that is happening in the messenger RNA, mRNA vaccine. And, and obviously, the concern for a lot of people 
is the abortion issue and how there could be any connection to aborted uh, fetal tissue from the past or mm -hmm. fetal lines. I know that's, you know, for those, a lot of pro-life uh, candidates uh, that support the life of the children, they wouldn't be taking this vaccine uh, on those concerns. But I, I think also not to take it for those other scientific reasons that it, it may not be safe and actually put our children at risk. And, and I was in the press conference today talking about uh, the, the deputy press secretary was mentioning that this vaccine has been approved. Now children can receive it, ages 5 to 11. They're going after our children, and that's very alarming. Um, I, I just see a, a real, uh, real, real concern for the survival of our nature and our, our nation, and how many children's lives are going to be put at risk because of this, of forcing this on children. And really, I consider it a, a form of child abuse. Well, Dr. Harper, one of the things we always like to do in the in these interviews is we have uh, an action segment. Uh, usually, it, it's, it correlates with a JBS action campaign. Uh, but in this case, uh, I'd like to ask you, you know, for our, our listeners and viewers, what actions would you recommend as far as from where you stand and what you do? Well, uh, obviously, people need to voice their opinion to their congressman, to the let their representative and their senator know about their concerns and not let up uh, on their concerns to be more motivated. Uh, there are a lot of good people in America that need to be more actively engaged and, and even in leadership positions. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have uh, shied away from that, been fearful about running for office. But if you don't have good people running for office, then definitely there's going to be a lot of bad people eager to take that position. So we don't need to have fear in, in this issue. A lot of good people, we need to have courage uh, on these matters and, and be proactive in issues and holding our leaders accountable. But, you know, the crisis here in the White House is related to uh, the availability of having good journalism here, good journalists that, will, that are not afraid to ask these important questions. So I'm here. Uh, people can actively get involved to uh, help me be here to, to, make, uh, to be a voice. Uh, to educate the other news reporters here on these of, of our concerns and uh, hopefully more open doors here to come. But if we don't have that voice, Paul, if we don't have uh, courageous journalists here, then it's over. It'll be just strictly a propaganda camp. And does America want that, that all the reporters here that are just going to say whatever uh, the president wants them to say, when they don't ask these challenging human rights questions, not to bring it up uh, in their minds. So we are at serious risk, Paul, for the freedom of the press. And uh, that's what I'm experiencing personally. And people can get involved to help keep me here. How is that? How can they help you? Where can they find you and how can they support you, Dr. Harper? Well, uh, we have our, our website, imcnews.org. That's for Intermountain Christian News. And there's a donate button on there. Mm -hmm. So people can make tax-deductible tax donations to support uh, me being here. And it is very expensive being in Washington, D.C. I, I would like for there to be more reporters, and I want to train other journalists here. And to encourage them, uh, we need to have more good journalists here, and I want to lead the way in that. Uh, of course, you know, courage to me is the number one spiritual gift, and, and people need to be have, have a strong faith here, or they won't be able to have that courage. But um, when people go to our website, they can make those uh, donations, and ours is a nonprofit that we service, 
So we've had an opportunity to actually have this newspaper for almost 20 years, wow. 20-year anniversary coming up here, the longest-running Christian newspaper in the Intermountain region, and I think the only one to have a regular voice at the, uh, at the White House here. So a voice of truth, and you can take a look at our YouTube channel and see our videos that, that are many that are there covering Israel and uh, a lot of White House experiences. Uh, I'm very thankful, Paul, for this opportunity to represent a lot of uh, good people in America uh, to ask these so important questions regarding, uh, uh, you know, where we're going to be going from here, our Constitution issues, our rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that need to be addressed on a regular basis. Well, you had mentioned a training journalist. Let's say someone's uh, listening or, or watching, and they're like, hey, how do I get into that? What, what's your answer? Is there an email? Can they get a hold of you if they want to ask tips on how they can get into that? Say, I want to be a brave journalist. Mm -hmm. Well, I would love, I'd welcome people to contact me. You can contact me through our, our news website. And it's going to take a lot of uh, financial support to have this voice, to have more good journalists here yeah. in training. So, uh, I think it'd be great to have uh, people to help. Me. So uh, obviously, uh, that's something to be praying about. And without God's help, there is not going to be a good journalism here. Well, Dr. Harper, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us, uh, for sharing, for sharing what's going on over here at this crucial uh, period in our country's time. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Paul. Great to join you. Are you concerned with where America is headed? If not, you should be. So let's get busy on solutions. At the John Birch Society, our staff and members have over 60 years of experience in pushing back on outrageous abuses of government. Our tools are truth and education. Our methods are tried and true with scores of successful operations. Join together with the tens of thousands of members of the John Birch Society nationwide to make a difference. We have professional staff strategically placed all over the nation and will provide the training you need to be a success. We will provide the materials you need to be a success. We will provide the esprit de corps that comes with working in concert with tens of thousands of members nationwide on the same goals. If you want to bellyache and do nothing, don't join because we don't want you. But if you're a patriot, and you love our country and want to preserve the blessings of liberty to the next generation, then we need you in the fight today. Not soon, today. Let me clarify, today. Go to jbs.org and get involved right now. And remember, the Constitution is the solution.